1: hey
4: everybody it's wednesday november 16th 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio and the specialist cast of dozens that help us put this show on each and every day week 11 that means we got what
1: 12,
4: 13, Four more weeks of the regular season, so it is it is crucial. Like every move we make is super crucial right now. I'm hyping this thing up and trying to make this as dramatic <laughs> as possible right now. I, I don't. I think you're
5: like you're you're not overselling it. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't know about you, but for me, like I I find myself thinking more about my decisions. Like early in the year, it's like all right, this is a lineup I'm going to go with. I'm going to set it and leave it and not overthink it. But now it's like I need to win this week. So like it
4: happens to everyone. It happens to all of us. You start taking stock of your your different rosters, seeing who's in playoff position, seeing who maybe is thinking about next year, that sort of thing. So here we are. We are going to try and help you set those lineups to get you into a postseason situation. We will have our game previews, as we always do, heroes and villains, some sleepers. And we're going to be joined by a special guest, our friend Mauricio Gutierrez from NFL in Espanol. Uh, he's going to be down in Mexico and they're going to help us preview the Mexico City game between the 49ers and the Cardinals. That's actually NFL fantasy in Espanol. I should make sure I get that right because, uh, hey, those are our friends down there. They help us out with stuff. We try to help them out with stuff as well. But let's begin with some fantasy headlines. And the latest update to Cooper Cup, not a great one for the Rams or for fantasy managers. Sean McVay announced Tuesday that Cup will undergo surgery on his injured ankle and will be placed On injured reserve. Now McVeigh did not say if Cup would miss the rest of the season, but just being on IR means he's at at least for the next four weeks. There's no way to completely replace Cooper Cup, but if you've lost him, what sort of move should you be thinking about? I think the one
5: saving grace from when we lost Cooper Cup is that it came on a week where there's a lot of good wide receivers on the waiver wire, like. Rondell Moore, Kadarius, Tony, Christian Watson are the big names, and you're going to have to be aggressive to get them. I spent 36% of my yearly fab to get Christian Watson in a league where I lost Cooper Cup, but some deeper names are like George Pickens, Paris Campbell, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then there's Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson from the Rams. So, I would try to get, you know, multiple of those
4: options if you can, if you lost Cooper Cup. Absolutely. There's no way, like I said, to replace Cooper Cup just one to one. I mean, you're talking about the arguably the best receiver in fantasy. It's him or Justin Jefferson. And this is a time of the year where, look, if you've got fab in your pocket, there's no reason holding on to yep. it. It's it's like having timeouts going into halftime. It just doesn't make sense. Go out, and if you have to spend a grip in fab to get one of these guys, it is worth it because. Time is running out. There aren't too many more swings to, to have here, so let's go out and get yourself a wide receiver if you've got to replace Cooper Cup. In Philadelphia, some bad news for the Eagles. Tight end Dallas Goddard has been placed on injured reserve because of the shoulder injury he suffered on Monday night. We are losing tight ends, a frightening clip. We know yeah. Zach Ertz is done for the year. Dallas Goddard is out for at least a month, pending how well this shoulder recovers. Is there a tight end out there that you like to go get now? Yeah,
5: similar with Cooper Cup. Like this is a good tight end waiver wire week. So if you lost Dallas Goddard, that's the one saving grace. Because again, there's you're not going to find a, a Dallas Goddard on the waiver wire right now. But Cole Komet could be that guy, and he was still out there in a good amount of leagues. Uh, Greg Greg Dolchick, Jawan Johnson, Kate, and and one that I really like, David Njoku, who was. Flirting with being a top five fantasy tight end before he got hurt. He wanted to play last week. Uh, He's a name I, I would be definitely picking up right now. And
4: Joku's one to definitely check into because he's been out for a while. Folks may have dropped him to try to make room for other players they need on their roster. So he'd be the first guy I'd look at. But then those other names that Mike mentioned are definitely worth taking a look at. More injury news this from Chicago the Bears have placed running back Khalil Herbert on injured reserve he's dealing with a hip injury that he suffered last week against the Lions I know we had sort of been down on David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert because Justin Fields was running and those two guys were sort of picking up whatever was left over with no Herbert now can we feel a little more confident in Montgomery. I think so because it should just mean more volume for Montgomery because, like
5: you said, now at least he he could get all of that running back work, we're hoping. Uh, Justin Fields is still going to get his, but like they have a really good matchup this week against the Falcons. I was still even weary about trusting them in this good matchup, but with Herbert gone, I think you could trust Montgomery. And then uh, Tristan Ebner is now the handcuff. (laughs) For David Montgomery, so
4: just if you're in a deeper league or someone something like that, someone in roster. Yeah, we we heard about somebody who plays in a 24-team dynasty league. I would guess Tristan Ebner's probably gone. Yeah, you (laughs) got to get like the practice squad running back at that point. He was probably drafted in a league like that. But for everybody else, go check to see if Tristan Ebner's there because he probably is. That gets us to our heroes and villains for week 11. Let's start on the good foot. Who is a hero that you think can push people to victory this week?
5: Ramondre Stevenson, who I know on paper, the Jets might look like a tough matchup, but Ramondre Stevenson put up huge numbers against the Jets earlier this season. And and that's partially because of the Jets defense. Like the Jets secondary is so good at taking away opposing receivers that the Patriots were like, all right, we'll throw to Ramondre Stevenson seven times. And if that's going to be the case again this week, I, I think Ramondre Stevenson
4: could put up RB1 numbers, maybe even high end RB1. So Stevenson Seasonson is back again. I want to go with Melvin Gordon. And I know we've been saying for much of the year that you want to get away from the Broncos running backs. And for the most part, I think that's true. The reason I believe in Gordon this week is, well – Raiders I mean they were (laughs) run over by Jonathan Taylor and the Colts last week and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Melvin Gordon's going to go for a buck 50 because he's still going to be splitting carries with Latavius Murray and maybe Chase Edmonds and we'll see if Mike Boone is back I don't know what's going to maybe you know Terrell Davis comes out of retirement who knows but whoever it is is going to get good opportunities against a bad defense and that is why I like Melvin Gordon this week so those are the heroes who was a fantasy villain this week
5: Deontay Johnson and I'm sorry to Steelers fans it feels like every week one of our villains is a (laughs) Steeler uh I've been hesitant to kind of get off of Deontay Johnson because I'm like every week he sees so much volume but I've just come around to the fact that like it's just not happening right now since Kenny Pickett took over in week four Johnson is averaging eight and a half fantasy points per game. He's reached double digits twice, and his high game is 11 fantasy points. So we're talking about most weeks, this guy's being in single digits, and if he gets into the double digits, it's just barely. So in a matchup like this against a underrated Bengals secondary, I I
4: unfortunately think you got to get away from Deontay. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's been just a curious case because, as you mentioned, he's getting volume, but it's not really turning into anything. Me, I'm going to go with a former Steeler who's now an Arizona Cardinal, and that's James Conner. And the good news for Conner is that it looks like there's not as much competition for touches now that, you know, Benjamin is no longer there and Keontae Ingram is kind of the only other running back of note in Arizona, but I just don't like the matchup. Against that 49er front, this is a defense that – pretty much held Austin Eckler in check as much as you can hold Austin Eckler in check. I think they held him to fewer than 14 fantasy points this past week. Yeah. So I, it just doesn't make me excited because Connor you know, isn't the pass catcher that, that Eckler is. He's not necessarily going to get all the touches that Eckler's going to get. And if it comes down to this turning into a track meet, that just means Kyler Murray throwing the football a little bit more. So you may not be able to avoid James Connor, but I don't like the matchup at all. Speaking of matchups, let's get to Thursday night football. It is the Tennessee Titans going to Lambeau to take on the Packers. You can of course watch that, eight fifteen Eastern on Prime Video or stream it on NFL Plus. Christian Watson had the huge breakout game last week with the three touchdowns. Do we trust starting him again this week?
5: Yes. Uh, full disclosure, he was going to be my hero of the week, but we already had this topic <laughs> planned. He's in a in my stardom situm this week as a start. Last week, Watson had a 42% target share, a 75% air yard share, and that is what is catching my eye because he's being used downfield. Like, if you're watching the video show, all of these highlights are downfield throws, long catches, and that is something that the Packers greatly missed all year long, like Aaron Rodgers could still throw the deep ball. He just had no one who was getting open downfield. And then you add in the matchup. Not only have the Titans allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers this year, they've allowed by far the most production on, on deep passes. It's why I liked Jerry Judy last week. That, he got hurt. We couldn't see it come to fruition. I think Christian Watson is in for a big week, though.
4: I love Watson for all the reasons you said. Here's a weird thing about what happened last week with Christian Watson. He has the huge game. He scores three touchdowns. I feel like he had too big of a game, and that's what scares people, is that, you know, like we talk about Watson, everybody's like, oh, he's not going to score three touchdowns next week. Well, yeah, no kidding, right? Like (laughs) Nobody's expecting that to happen. I feel like if Christian Watson had had just a, like, six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, people would be like, oh, okay, that feels sustainable. I really want to get behind him. Christian Watson had this huge blow-up game, and everybody's like, I don't think he can do it again. He might give us a dud. Maybe he does. That's in the realm of outcomes, but everything about this matchup feels good. It feels It feels encouraging with him. Wisconsin Gabe Davis. That's what I've, I'm calling. Oh, him that's now. a good like, idea. I, I think
5: I truly think that's who he is. Right. I, I don't
4: know if there's like a you know Coles right that Coles started in in <laughs> Wisconsin, so he's like Coles brand Gabe Davis. Love it. There we go. We should get sponsored for that. (laughs) Derrick Henry did not have a Derrick Henry-like game last week. Just 8.7 fantasy points. Held, I think, 53 yards rushing. Does he bounce back this week against Green Bay?
5: Yep, I don't even, I, it could be against anyone. And Derek Henry is <laughs> not going to do this every single week. And Derek Henry can have these down performances because he's not super used in the passing game, but he, we know who he is at the end of the day. And the Packers, their defense is very banged up and they've struggled against the run.
4: Yes. I'm going to go double yes on that just because, (laughs) again, this Titans offense sort of lives and dies with how Derrick Henry does. And so if he's not running well or putting up big yards, then they are going to struggle offensively. So I think they're going to do everything in their power to get him going. And I think he bounces back from what was a down game last week. Check out this tasty nugget cooked up by our NFL research team. Terry McLaurin and the difference with McLaurin with Carson Wentz versus Taylor Heineke. Now, with Wentz as a starter this season, McLaurin's averaged just over six targets per game, about uh, three and three-quarters receptions per game. I don't know how you get three-quarters of a catch, but whatever. We'll go with it. Uh, Just over 61 receiving yards per game and just a touch over 11 fantasy points per game. Now, you turn that to with Taylor Heineke and... That number bumps up, nine targets per game, six catches per game, 92.5 receiving yards per game, and over 16.5 fantasy points per game. So, pretty notable differences between McLaurin with Wentz and McLaurin with Heineke. It's been a hot topic this week because the Commanders keep winning with Heineke at quarterback. Wentz still dealing with a finger injury that has him on injured reserve. Plus, Heineke just beat the previously undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. So... Let's assume that Taylor Heineke gets to start again this week for the commanders against the Houston Texans. Does Terry McLaurin get to at least 17 fantasy points?
5: Uh, he he definitely, I mean, he has a much better shot getting to with Taylor Heineke than he does with Carson Wentz. That's for sure. And and I think so. Like last week, Taylor, he- uh, Terry McLaurin, I'm sorry, 11 targets, 8 catches, 128 yards against the Eagles secondary that has been shutting down receivers all year long. Like they, and not just like oh average guys like Darius Slay. Yeah. He put Justin Jefferson on an Island that week that they played each other. They shut down CD lamb. Like this secondary has just been shutting down receivers all year long. And Terry was like, Nope, you can't stop me. And And the thing is, When Wentz was the quarterback, Marcus, on this show, we were like, why are they not throwing to Terry? Everything is underneath targets to Curtis Samuel. Taylor Heineke is throwing the ball deep and getting Terry involved, and it's led to good things. And uh, kudos to
4: the Eagles for the second time they made sure that Carson Wentz stays on the bench. Right, exactly. That's going to be interesting about what happens with Wentz whenever he's healthy and ready to go. But I do think that you're going to see McLaurin get at least 17 points. You talk about what he did against the Eagles. And, yes, the Texans have been tough on wide receivers – But I don't think they're as good as the Philly secondary. So I think if McClure can get over on Philly, he can definitely get over on Houston. Back to our game previews for week 11. We'll start with the Bears and the Falcons. Uh, these two teams were going to run the ball a whole lot, I oh, expect. Yeah. Anybody in particular you think is going to do a lot of that running?
5: I think you go back to Cordero Patterson this week after last week's dud. I, I, this is just speculation on my part, but after missing over a month due to a knee injury and then returning, they had their next game was a short week in very bad weather on a very slick field. So I... I I have to guess that that factored into the fact of, of how little work we saw for Cadero Patterson last week, but now he gets the long week to kind of rest up and be 100% in a great matchup. Not only have the Bears allowed a ton of fantasy points to running backs, they really just allow a bunch of production on the ground, especially on outside runs and even limited last week. All of his touches came on outside runs. So I think Cordero Patterson is in for a very big bounce back game.
4: Like Pat, I even sort of like Tyler Algier too. Just because they're still running the ball so very much. Panthers at the Ravens. I think you can go back and start Kenyon Drake again this week. Baltimore still wants to run the football. And I do think they're going to get some more of their pieces back. Mark Andrews is trending in the right direction, but this is still a run first offense and the Panthers are struggling to stop the run. And you mentioned last week, that kind of sloppy, rainy game. Even then Atlanta really did try to run the football quite a bit with moderate success. I'm not expecting it to be quite as bad weather-wise this week, so I think Kenyon Drake is back in play, especially for people in deeper leagues. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat? Presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. Let's talk about the Browns and the Bills. Bills trying to get right. This might be a sneaky score fest. Florio, who do you think is going to ball out in this game? I think you should start Devin Singletary in
5: this one. And and it was rough to trust Singletary early on. And last week, I know two touchdowns and he still finished with just over 15 fantasy points. But this is more about the matchup as well. Uh, One, Singletary has been getting more involved, though, with at least 13 carries in three of his last four games. Uh, The Bills coaches and... Everyone are answering a bunch of questions of like, why were you not running the ball more last week? I think that's going to lead to us getting a little bit more of Devin Singletary this week. And then, like I said, the matchup, the Browns have allowed the second most fantasy points per game to running backs. They've allowed a bunch of touchdowns, uh, yards, everything. So I, I think it's a good week for the Bills running back.
4: Last week, the Dolphins put up three top 15 fantasy running backs against the Browns, one of them being Alec Ingold. I got I have no punchline. Like that's that's <laughs> the whole. That's the tweet, Alec Ingold. That was Who's Gonna Eat? Presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Commanders at the Texans, we just talked about Terry McLaurin and what he's been doing with Taylor Heineke, but I also think you can start Antonio Gibson because he's kind of become as close to a lead back as you're going to find in this commander's offense. And a lot of it has to do with J.D. McKissick still being injured and Gibson seeing some more targets. There's some upside there, but also because the Texans just bad against the run. So if if Gibson really is taking over the lead spot from Brian Robinson, who's been inconsistent so far this year, then I think there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of touches to be had, a lot of targets to be had. But also, if you're in a deeper league and you're looking for a flex, Maybe think about Robinson, too, just because the Texans run defense has been about as awful as they come. Eagles and the Colts, which, what, last year this would have been like a Carson Wentz revenge game. Now it's just the two teams that are sort of glad to be rid of him, (laughs) I think, at this point. A.J. Brown did not do much of anything on Monday against the Commanders. Do you expect a bounce-back game against Indianapolis? Yeah,
5: he's A.J. Brown. Like, that's that's kind of all it, or, there is to it. And even though he didn't have a good game, like – that downfield throw to from Hertz to A.J. Brown was a pretty throw. It was on the money. Just kudos to, to – I don't remember which uh, corner it was, but whoever j- just out-jumped A.J. Brown and got in front of that one just made a great play, but
4: A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. I, I think he'll be okay. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to get targets. He's going to be yards after the catch. He's going to do what A.J. Brown does, and I think he's going to be okay. I mean – you're not gonna bench AJ Brown, so I mean, why are you looking at it sideways? <laughs> uh, anything else that you think of note in this game?
5: I, I think you could start Paris Campbell in this one. And in the last three games that Matt Ryan has started, Campbell has seen at least nine targets. He scored a touchdown in each of them, and he's topped 18 fantasy points in all of them as well. And that includes a 26% target share, a 24% air yard share, and he leads the Colts in end zone targets there. And oddly enough. People don't really seem to want him off the waiver wire. I think that's because the two games before this big one that he had were were duds. But that was with Sam Ellinger. In all of the the last three games that Matt Ryan has started, he continues to put up numbers. Those Ellinger games do not matter if Matt Ryan is the
4: starting quarterback. I think that's the point. Matt Ryan is the guy who's making this sort of thing happen. Look, it may not mean anything long-term for the Colts, but it means something for fantasy, and that's worth paying attention to. Jets and Patriots, I know you had Ramondre Stevenson as a fantasy hero of the week. On the other side, Michael Carter, now the lead back there in New York. Tough Patriots run defense. How much do you trust starting Carter this week? I, I don't love it
5: at all. I think he'll be very volatile, especially because James Robinson could potentially see more usage now after the bye week, after getting more acclimated. I don't love either of the... I, I prefer Carter over Robinson, but I don't love either of the Jets running backs.
4: I'm starting Michael Carter in a league this week because of buys and injuries and the like. I'm not really excited about it. I, you know, I think what helps is that I don't expect this game to be a blowout one way or another, so the game script should be favorable the whole time, but just the matchup uh, and the usage makes me a little bit nervous. I am, however, a little more comfortable streaming Tyler Conklin. He had a really good game against the Patriots earlier in the season. We have seen him be fairly consistent i mean as far as fantasy tight ends go he's getting looks he's getting opportunities from zach wilson in the passing game and more importantly they are going to him down near the end zone these are all the things we want out of a fantasy tight end understanding that week to week it's going to be volatile but a lot of things here are pointing in the right direction for conklin patriots generally have not been very good against fantasy tight ends this season Rams Saints, the two teams that are both underperforming severely this season, but still some fantasy pieces that maybe are of interest on either side there. Alvin Kamara, not a great game last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Does he rebound this week against the Rams? Uh, ask Andy Dalton, because <laughs> I, I think that's what it comes
5: down to. The Rams have been really stout at stopping the run. So I, I think Alvin Kamara could get his you know, normal type game on, on the ground but the reason he has those big blow-up games are, are what he does in the passing game and Andy Dalton the one saving grace he was he was doing was throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara he hasn't been doing that the last couple of games if that's not happening I don't understand why we're not using Jameis Winston
4: I think Kamara may be a little bit better this week than he was last week but I don't think you're gonna see a huge game coming from him and, and I do wonder about the quarterback situation there certainly nothing has been said out loud in New Orleans but There's been a lot of chatter about whether or not they stick with Dalton or go back to Jameis Winston. And if they go back to Winston, then I think all bets are off when it comes to Alvin Mm -hmm. Kamara because we saw how that worked out early in the season. Anything else that we should pay attention to in this game? Beware of every single ram. All of them. Like, the entire ramley, even the mascot, everyone.
5: (laughs) Like, you don't want these guys in your starting lineup if you don't have to. Like, Stafford is still up in the air, but even if he plays – He's had one good game all year for fantasy purposes. The running backs are a mess right now. Like, I think Daryl Henderson is their best runner. I don't know who Sean McVay plans on giving the ball to, though, at any <laughs> moment. Like, we every week it's three running backs, and typically it's Akers, Henderson, and any random third running back that McVay feels good about that week. Then in the passing game, like, no Cooper Cup – I think Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson are worth rostering right now to see what they can be moving forward. I don't want to just throw them in my starting lineup. And Higby has been the one saving grace for this offense outside of Cooper Cup. But the Saints have been elite at shutting down tight ends. They're one of the very best teams at doing it. So...
4: If you could sit all of your Rams this week, I, I would advise doing so. This feels like a huge opportunity for Allen Robinson, right? Like, if they can scheme some things up, work him out of the slot the way they were with Cup, maybe he salvages some value, but it's been bad, and there's not, not a lot of hope there for the Rams. Lions at the Giants. And I think you're streaming Daniel Jones this week. The Lions, well, I don't know if you've heard this before. Their defense is bad. And Danny Dimes has been pretty good at times this year, partially because he's running the football effectively. He's among the top 10 quarterbacks when it comes to rushing yards and Detroit has been gashed on the ground by mobile quarterbacks. They've been beaten up by Jalen Hurts. They have given up some yards on the ground. They got run over by Justin Fields last week. So there's certainly an opportunity for Daniel Jones to get out, run the football effectively, and maybe spread the ball around passing it. We've seen Darius Slayton come to life. Uh, You know, Wandale Robinson certainly potentially could be a thing. But you keep picking on the Lions. I don't see any reason to stop doing that now. Raiders and the Broncos, I had Melvin Gordon as a hero of the week. Uh, maybe any other Broncos you have an interest in? I, I would start Cortland Sutton
5: because the reason you you liked Melgo was uh, the Raiders. Same reason I like Cortland Sutton, Raiders. Uh, but I do think it's worth pointing out that last week with Jerry Judy Hurt, Cortland Sutton saw 11 targets. Like, that is big-time volume. Uh, he caught six of them for 66 yards that was double the amount of targets of anyone else on the on the Broncos and his air yards 124 was more than double anyone else on the team. So all the pass game volume seems
4: to be running through him and then again, Raiders. Raiders. That's sort of <laughs> that's sort of all the analysis you really need. Cowboys and the Vikings. And I'm starting Dalton Schultz this week. And it was nice to see him sort of come back uh, last week. And I think we're going to see him just continue to improve. We, we saw him kind of dealing with an injury, trying to rebound from that. Things were not going well when it was him and Cooper Rush on the field together. But Dak Prescott elevates everybody in this offense. And, and I think that's certainly going to help out. Plus, Maybe it's just me being, you know, wish casting here and trying to get more tight ends after losing a couple to injury. But uh, we like Dalton Schultz before the season, and I think it's starting to come around again. As long as he's getting healthy, I think there are opportunities here in what could might possibly be a high scoring game between the Cowboys and Vikings this week bingles and the steelers longtime rivals in the afc north what's worth talking about for this one i think you could start tyler boyd this week and and tyler boyd has shown that he
5: has a safe floor with jamar chase out he's been putting up double digits every week but we know the ceiling is much higher than that and it's not just the fact that the steelers are you know have allowed more production to wide receivers than anyone else this year i actually think with uh with TJ Watt getting healthy. They're a very different defense. We all know that. He's, like, probably the most influential, him or Aaron Donald, most influential defensive players in the game. But... I think that the fact that they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Burrow or quickly get pressure probably leads to a lot of quick
4: throws, which I think those quick routes will be designed for Tyler Boyd. I think that's that's kind of a good idea, too. I mean, I like this the Bengals wide receivers, but maybe it is a, a Tyler Boyd game if Joe Burrow finds himself under pressure. Chiefs and Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Really interesting game in the AFC West. The Chargers just trying to hang around despite a myriad of injuries. But I'm going to go with a Chiefs running back as a sleeper, and that's maybe not the one you think. I'm going with Jarek McKinnon. I know everybody is on the Isaiah Pacheco train. I get it. And I think over the long haul, maybe he is the guy that you kind of want to target. But I think in the short term, Jarek McKinnon is still the guy that's getting a lot of, if not most of, the snaps in that backfield. But more importantly, he's the guy that's getting the targets. Isaiah Pacheco, I think, has three targets all season long. And I think you pointed this out earlier in the week, Mike, that what you got from Pacheco as a running back, McKinnon got you just on his six catches alone. Yeah. That's before you factor in any yardage or anything like that. So I think as long as that continues, McKinnon is probably the one you want. Weirdly, and I looked at this. I haven't checked the updated roster percentages, but certainly on Tuesday afternoon before waivers had run, Ronald Jones was rostered in more leagues than Jarek McKinnon. I, I don't get I don't understand I, it. I d- People are hyping up like, oh, he could be
5: the running. We haven't seen him all year. We haven't seen him
4: all year. And look, you know how I am going to defend my USC guys <laughs> to the death. Like, we can let the Ronald Jones dream go. Like, it's just short of, I mean, it's going to take two or three guys getting hurt or something in that that Kansas City backfield before he gets a chance. And somehow he was on more rosters than Jarek McKinnon. And I'm in the run. league where I like
5: I don't have Lenny this week. I have a couple of injuries at running back. I picked up Jarek McKinnon and I plan
4: on starting him. I think I think he's the way to go. So Anyway, that goes through our game previews for most of the games. There's still one more game that's going to be played on Monday night in Mexico City, and to help us preview that, we're going to have our friend Mauricio Gutierrez from NFL Fantasy in Español. That's coming up after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
3: and timeless. Mahomes tiene que ese el valor del pase. Touchdown. No
6: hay indicación, no hay indicación, sí touchdown. Hay que cubrir, hay que bloquear a Frank Clark el 55. Por fuera le llegan. Reeb. No puede ser.
4: Those were some of the biggest moments from the last time the NFL played a game in Mexico City. That was back in 2019. The NFL heading back to Azteca Stadium coming up this Monday with the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals squaring off on Monday Night Football. And to help us preview that game is our pal, Mauricio Gutierrez from NFL Fantasy in Español. Mauricio, who's been on the show before. Como estas, my friend? Muy bien, Maracas. Michael, how
6: are you guys? I'm really excited to be here with you to preview our Probably like Super Bowl for us in Mexico, the Mexico game in Estadio Azteca.
4: Well, we are excited to have you on. We're excited to have you here. I mean, obviously, it seems like there's a lot of excitement down there in Mexico City. What's the atmosphere like? <laughs> yeah, it's It's great.
6: Actually, all people wearing NFL stuff, and we're going to have a lot of events from the Cardinals, from the 49ers. We're going to have the Vince Lombardi, the Super Bowl rings in exhibition. So it's a really, really awesome weekend.
5: Are you seeing more uh, Niners or Cardinals fans walking around? Oh, man. Niners. Uh, yeah. By <laughs>
4: much. By much. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, let's, let's get into this game. Obviously, the big news for the 49ers was adding Christian McCaffrey a few weeks ago in a trade from the Carolina Panthers. But last week, he split a lot of opportunities with uh, Elijah Mitchell there. For you, I mean, you do a lot of this. You watch a lot of this stuff. Are you worried? Should we be worried about how much CMC is splitting carries right now? I think just a little bit. It was
6: surprising to see Elijah Mitchell with 51% of the touches last week, no doubt. But... Of all the players that are playing in Monday Night Football, the one that has the most top side is Christian McCaffrey. That's, there's no doubt about that. He's one of the, he's had one of the best performances uh, of the players playing with 40 points in week eight, and it was with the 49ers. So he's explosive. He's, he's elusive. He's versatile. He can do it all. He's like the taco El pastor from fantasy, like the best food you can find. That's Christian McCaffrey. He can put RB1 numbers. He can uh, play the versatile role with the receptions and the receiving yards. He can do it all. So I, I'm confident even with a limited workroom.
5: Yeah, I I agree. I I think maybe you're worried in the sense of, like, Christian McCaffrey goes from being a weekly cheat code to, like, you know, just a a regular high (laughs) upper-end RB1. But, like, even unlimited touches, he could get you so much production because of what he does in the passing game. And then... Isn't this what a lot of fantasy managers wanted? They were like, get him off the field less, get him on the field less so that he could stay healthy.
4: Well, this is going to help him stay on the field and stay healthy. It will help him stay on the field, and we just always want parts of a Kyle Shanahan running game. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen any number of guys go out and have success. Now you have arguably the most talented running back that Shanahan has had in a long time. So I'm not super worried, just surprised, I would say, that that we saw so much for Elijah Mitchell. George Kittle. Uh, a guy that we love who hasn't he's been okay so far this year this week though the cardinals are, have been awful against tight ends so marisa when you look at it do you consider george kittle a must start this week
6: yeah because of george kittle because of uh the team that uh he's uh playing against the cardinals man they've been everything against tight ends uh, the the team that allows most fantasy points most receptions most yards and most touchdowns to tight ends and the scenery in the tight end position it's really really scary. so yeah George Kittle is a must start and the Cardinals have to choose their poison they're going to cover Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle totally must start this week
5: yeah, I, I agree because of everything Mauricio said. I mean, it's, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Plus, he's a tight end. Like, what what are, are you going to pick someone up off the waiver wire and play him over George Kittle? I don't, I don't think so.
4: Well, especially in a world where we keep losing tight ends. Zach Ertz is gone. Dallas Goddard is on injured reserve now. So if you've got a tight end who's halfway productive, like, hold on tight and hope that everything's going to be okay. But George Kittle's absolutely a must start, I think, for me this weekend. Let's talk some wide receivers now. Rondale Moore, who's playing some good football for Arizona. And then there's Debo Samuel, who is well, he's just Debo Samuel. But if we're looking at this, who do you think Mauricio scores more points, fantasy points in this game? Is it Rondale Moore or is it Debo Samuel? I don't know if if this actually is a sorpresa,
6: but I'm going to take Rondell Moore. I really like him. He's on a good run lately in his last three weeks. He averages per game 10.33 targets, eight receptions, and 18.9 fantasy points. In that lapse, he is the wide receiver nine in total fantasy points. And he had a target share of 27.7. I really am not scared if it's Kyler Murray or Cole McCoy. I trust in Rondell Moore. And now the Cardinals are going to be without suckers. And Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk has been like the same, same fantasy uh, player or, or at least production uh, this uh, season. And Debo Samuel has two weeks generating less than 10 fantasy points. And the target share is really, really low in that lapse. With seventeen point six percent, that's not what you want from Debo Samuel to to produce.
5: Yeah, I, I thought I'd be on an island on this one. But I, I'm with Mauricio <laughs> here. I, I'm going with Rondell Moore, yeah. who's been playing real. Yeah, right. He's been playing good football. Debo Samuel hasn't been. I still think Debo is someone you could start each week, but the he's been more volatile than he has been last year. Rondell Moore is just consistent as it gets right now and then like like he said no Zach Ertz to me that only means more volume for Rondell Moore. So I guess I'm on the island
4: here yeah. right because I'm going to say Debo yeah. Samuel and look everything you guys have said about Rondell is right and everything you say about Debo being inconsistent that's all correct but I still think that of the two he's the guy with the higher ceiling that when Debo has those big games there aren't a lot of guys that can compare to it so I just I just have this feeling call it call it just vibes right as the kids would say <laughs> it's just vibes I just have this feeling that somehow the Niners are going to get Debo a lot more involved this week and maybe he has one of those big blow up games um want to look ahead though right we got you we want to talk about what what the rest of the season might look like Mauricio and we want to talk about yeah some fantasy playoff heroes playoffs start most leagues in week 15 so 15 16 17 if you have a guy that you think can get people over the hump and help them win a championship who do you think that might be one of them we
6: thought that this running back was going to be a league winner in august and then in september we were like oh probably it's not going to happen but it's going to happen travis etienne is a league winner i think what happened last week is only a slump 11 carries 45 yards he's a clear lead back for the jaguars in every situation and Probably someone desperate in, with a bad record is willing to trade him because of the uh, bye week uh, this week. And the Texans game on week 17, man, that
5: smells fantasy championship all the way. I'm <laughs> going to go with Derek Henry here. Uh, e- ETN is a great pick. I, I love him. And if you're have, if you in a spot right now where you feel comfortable about making the playoffs, try to get Derek Henry on your roster. I'm not saying he's a buy low coming off of one bad game or anything like that. But this is the kind of player that you want when the fantasy playoffs get here. He gets the Chargers in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. Austin Eckler even came on our show and was like, yeah, running backs have getting it against us. So we know Derrick Henry has a monster ceiling in that game. Then in the semifinals, he gets the Houston Texans who allow by far the most production to running backs and who Derrick Henry routinely goes off for, like, 35 fantasy points every time he plays them. So on those two weeks alone, you're probably getting to the championship. And then the Cowboys, they're they're ranked middle of the pack against the run. They don't scare me at all. I think Derrick Henry, along with Travis Etienne, is going to win a lot of people fantasy titles this season.
4: All right, well, I'm going to switch and talk about a wide receiver, and you mentioned the Cowboys. I'm going to look at C.D. Lamb, who I know has been sort of up and down, but last week had the huge week for fantasy managers against the Minnesota Vikings and uh, – Against the Packers, rather. And I still think, though, that C.D. Lamb has a lot bigger days coming. I mean, this is a guy who runs a ton of routes, gets a ton of targets. Uh, I think you're going to see him get a whole lot of work. And two of the three matchups are great with the Jaguars and the Titans. That one in the middle against the Eagles seems like maybe it's a little bit concerning, but one, it's a division game. So these two teams are going to be familiar with each other. Plus, we just saw Terry McLaurin have a pretty good game against the Eagles on Monday night. So it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I came into the season thinking that, that C.D. Lamb was a dark horse to maybe be the wide receiver one overall. That's not going to happen, but I think he's going to remind you about how potentially good he can be. Uh, Mauricio, is there, is there anybody else? You have one more guy maybe you think could be a playoff hero this year.
6: Yeah, another wide receiver, and it's Samari Cooper from the Cleveland Browns. Another player getting a bye this week that comes from a low-scoring week. Uh, and from week 12 and for the rest of the season, this offense is set to have a bump with uh, the Sean Watson as their uh, QB. And Cooper is the wide receiver 12th in air yards, the wide receiver 17 in receiving yards, and he has been responsible of 45 45- of the Browns' total receiving yards and touchdowns. That's huge. And I I, I really think that Amari Cooper could win some leagues this year.
4: Yeah, it's amazing because we were both, you and I, Mike, were both out on Amari Cooper at the start of the year. We've had to sort of change our tune about that (laughs) because he's been really good this year, no doubt about it.
5: Yeah, and, and he brings, he's still one of those receivers who like brings... A very high ceiling each week so he could get hot and win it. we've seen him do it before he could win plenty of
4: people their weeks. Absolutely. Well Mauricio, we appreciate you coming and hang out with us. For folks who maybe don't know where to find your work, where can they? Yeah, they can find me uh, my personal at
6: M Gutierrez NFL and all our project NFL fantasy in español at NFL
4: fantasy esp and at Mundo NFL as well. Hey, well, we appreciate all the time. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Enjoy the game this week, man. It looks like it's going to be a whole lot of fun down there, and hopefully we can catch up with you soon. Yeah, of course, man, and muchas gracias. Really appreciate the invitation. All right. Well, hey, that's Mauricio Gutierrez. Be sure to check him out. Let's dive into some of our top sleepers for week 11. Mike, start us off. Not surprised at all who your first sleeper is on this list.
5: <laughs> Come on. You you had to know. Kadarius Tony. And not only do I think he's a sleeper, I have him as a start in my stardom sit column this week because he's it, it happened. Like, he, he had a big game this past week. But even more so, he's now on a very good offense that are in need of wide receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster. Left after a very bad hit last week. I, I would be surprised if we see him play this week. Miko Hardman missed last week after not practicing at all. So, uh, Tony, a bunch of good things from his game, but they used him to slot a bit. They used him out wide. And on national TV... I think this might be the week that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes really want to show off their new team.
4: It's an island game. Why not get Kadarius Tony Moore involved? For me, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. And we talked about a couple of the Broncos already. We talked about Melvin Gordon. We talked about Cortland Sutton. And basically the analysis was because dot, 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 Raiders. And I think that sort of applies to Russell Wilson. His best fantasy game of the season, the only game where he's had more than 17 points – came against the Raiders earlier in the year. Everything has been bad for Russ in this offense so far this season, but this feels like a chance for them to get right again at the expense of a defense that's struggling. Nothing about the Raiders suggests that they've gotten better over the last few weeks. Look, man, they gave up 22 points to Matt Ryan this past week. So if there's ever a chance for Russ to let's ride, uh, it's this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I hope he runs after seeing Matt Ryan run against him. He should! If Matt Ryan can rip off a 39-yard <laughs> run, why can't Russell Wilson? <laughs> Any other sleepers for you?
5: We we talked about this guy at the start of the show. We were talking about the banged-up tight ends. But David Njoku, uh, he is up in the air for Week 11. But I think you want him on your roster regardless. And if he plays, I think you start him. Like uh, He was... Flirting with being a top five tight end before this ankle injury because not only did he show us that he brings a high ceiling, but he was consistent, Marcus, like every week giving you around 10 fantasy points and even more so another reason to get him on your roster other than what he showed us and being a tight end he's set to get a quarterback upgrade shortly as well. So he's a player that I think could be a difference
4: maker in the final six weeks. It was a passing game that was funneled pretty much through Amari Cooper and David Njoku early in the season until the injury. My last sleeper is Darius Slayton. And look, man, the the Giants wide receiver core has been thinner than an anorexic snake, but (laughs) it is sort of like Slayton is starting to come around. He's very quietly put up some decent games over the last few weeks, starting to get a lot more targets, getting a good chunk of, of the air yards and just like i talked about with daniel jones being a good having a good matchup against the lions that applies to darius slayton as well so a guy that you know look i know it i get it giants wide receivers not very attractive but this is one that could pay some dividends for you if you can get him into a lineup as a flex option if you want more sleepers, you can go check out my weekly column. You can find that at NFL.com slash sleepers. Always worth giving it a look there. You'll see some of the names we just talked about and maybe a few more on the list for you. As well, by the way, want to again, thank Mauricio Gutierrez for his time. We always like talking to Mao and, uh, you know, hopefully if you're in if you're in Mexico City and you're going to the game, try to find him out. Say hello. Great guy to talk to. He'll talk to you about Star Wars all day long. That's worth it. Uh, Also, maybe talk some football with him, too, as well, because, you know, that's that's kind of the day job there for him. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, before you marry a person, make them use a computer with a slow internet connection to see who they really are. Be safe, take care of yourselves, enjoy Week 11, and we'll talk to you next week.